Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. My name is Doris Hansen and I'm your host for the program. It's always a privilege to be here and uh, we hope that you do enjoy the conversation that we have planned for tonight. But first I have an announcement that I'd like to make. Uh, three weeks from tomorrow night on May 17th, AM 820 Radio is hosting a are holding a Spring Vision Banquet, which is being hosted by Mill Creek Baptist Church. The address is 1515 East, 4500 South in the Holiday Area. The doors will be open at 5.30 p.m. and dinner will be served from 6 to 7 p.m. And tickets can be purchased at the website upfc.org or you can call Rust East at 801-645-7433. Our guest, a special guest speaker will, from the Mormon Research Ministry is uh, Bill McKeever, and he's been our guest here on the show several times. He's very knowledgeable about our cultural issues, and so uh, plan on being there. Put it on your calendar, May 17th. Uh, that's a Friday night beginning at 530. Um, AM820 radio is a very important station uh, in this area because it refutes the biblical errors of our culture and replaces them with biblical truths. So put that on your calendar. You know, we do have a very interesting guest tonight and an interesting conversation planned. Our guest is the author of a journalistic novel about a fundamentalist Mormon group that lives along the Utah-Arizona state line. He was a Southern Utah newspaperman for 16 years working for the Spectrum in St. George as a reporter, a columnist, and a city editor. And during that time, he wrote stories and columns and directed his staff as it covered the FLDS polygamous community, including the manhunt and the subsequent arrest and conviction of the group's self-proclaimed prophet, Warren Jeffs. I would like to introduce and welcome our guest tonight, Ed Casilla. Good to be here with you, Doris. Thanks so much for coming. You Thanks for asking. Come all the way from St. George. Oh, well, it wasn't too bad. It was a nice day. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. day. Beautiful. Okay, well, you have written a book. We're going to start with that first. And I think we're going to have a, um, a graphic on the screen, but it's called Pligs, right? Yes. And uh, you've written this book about, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, a fictional based on some... Facts? Well, you... well, I call it a journalistic novel because there's historic fact that, that uh, is intertwined with the story of this family that uh, that is a creation, a composite of people that I've met over the years and researched mm -hmm. um, to help move the storyline across, of course. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a it's a historic novel that's sort of a hybrid sort of a thing that that kind of tells the story of the history behind polygamy and. The effects on the modern day world. Yeah, and you you made the remark that this is a, a book that the Mormon fundamentalists do not want people to read. Why is that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Doris, we have a situation, as you well know, where it's, it's, it's very secretive out in the, the desert community out there, Hilldale, Colorado City, or Short Creek, as they call mm -hmm. it. Uh, things are done clandestinely. There's a reason they picked that part of, of Utah and, and Arizona. It's remote. It's, it's removed from the general population, and, and things go on out there outside the law, outside of the, the normal society, and, and uh, it's, it's easier to disguise, to be mm -hmm. secretive. And, and to carry on out there. Mm -hmm, it is. And, and um, you had a particular motivation for writing the book? You know, yeah, it, it started a few years after I arrived here and began work at the newspaper. Uh, started hearing, you know, you come to Utah and one of the things that you hear is Mormon polygamy and whatever, and you, you don't have any background. You don't have any detail, and you go, oh, okay, fine, you know, but then you start talking to people and you start hearing the stories. Mm. Um, you start seeing the court cases come across mm. and suddenly some bells and whistles start flashing and ringing and uh, sooner or later the story come, be, becomes beyond just the quirkiness of whatever. It becomes a human story because you see faces attached to it. You learn about children, you learn about abuses and, and uh, it, it, it becomes a story from here rather than the intellectual yeah. part of it. Oh, very good. Where can our readers or our viewers uh, buy the book to read? It's on Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Yes. Okay, so I highly recommend the book. I would suggest that you pick it up and read it. It is a good story, very Thank good storyline. Thank you. Um, a woman that we both know uh, left a, a polygamy situation several years ago. And she was lamenting recently on Facebook that how when she did leave that she had been disrespected, that false witnesses witnessing uh, lies about her had been told, plus general shunning, which this culture is very good at. And I want to quote something that you wrote to her. Okay. And I'm going to put it up on the screen and then ask you about it. Um, and so I'm quoting what you said to her. You said, I have never seen so many disrespectful and selfish people as I have in Utah. There is an arrogance, a prejudice, a selfishness, a clanness that is in great dispute with the wholesome and so-called righteous image the state maintains. There is little tolerance nor compassion for those who do not follow the path of the dominant culture, end quote. Now, I hear and see this attitude myself, and I talk to people who come here from out of the area who have experienced the same thing themselves. Why is it this way? It, it goes back, Doris, to the, to the secretive nature of the culture, of the fundamentalist beliefs system. Um, if you do not fit into that group, um, you're told, go back where you came from. You hear that so many times. I've heard a lot, yeah. Go back, go where you came from. Well, that started with Brigham Young, didn't it? When uh, they first settled here? Well, I, I'm not that old, but I, <laughs> But yeah, you know, we've heard it. You know, go back where you came from. You know, don't bring that place here. This is different. And I understand that, but I mean, there's, there's little understanding and compassion for, for people who may have uh, an opposing view to express, who may want to be exercising their own particular belief system or just comfort or privacy, mm -hmm. you know? I, I just heard on the Fox News this past couple of days that Salt Lake City was rated as being the most superficial, superficial city in the United States. That kind of fits in with that, doesn't it? 
I mean, where they look at the, the at the at the outside and don't don't bother with the inside. You, you make good money. Do you have a good job? You know, are you um, good education? And it's very superficial is how they judge. It's it's all image. Yeah. It's, it's smoke and mirrors image, yeah. you know, and it's how do you look and how do you present yourself and, and often forgetting about there's there's somebody deep under the skin there. And and do you think that that comes from the early polygamous culture where it was so secretive? Be like one of us or you're out of here? Well, the, the whole the whole structure, particularly in, in that society of fundamentalists and, and, and uh, polygamy, is indoctrination from birth from cradle to grave mm -hmm. you know your salvation depends on the image you portray you know it's um, have you ever seen a sister wife in public that didn't have a plastered on smile no I don't think I have you know it's how you portray it it's oh. the image. now you have been in the media and um, so this next question I'm going to ask you in regards to the media they seem to refuse to cover or they're they're hesitant to cover the aspect of religion as it relates to polygamy they either totally ignore it or they just they say we'll keep religion out of it we want to get into this story of it but the purpose of Mormon polygamy is religious Joseph Smith got a revelation from God you had to live it it's a new and everlasting covenant you can't go to heaven unless you do it so uh, if it's not a religious issue, what is it? Well, it is a religious issue, and, and anybody who, who doesn't recognize that should probably be, not be writing news stories or reporting the news. Uh, on an intellectual level, you know, they, they always come back to it's consenting adults and whatever they decide, and it's like, okay, wait, stop right there. You know, what we're talking about here is, is not consenting adults. I mean, we're talking, you know, why is Warren Jeffs in jail? Mm-hmm. Ask his 12-year-old and 14-year-old wife how much consent they had. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when we when we talk about the, the the issues, there's a deeper context, and and unfortunately, I I think that some in the media, the kids as we call them, you know, they're all kids to us. Mm -hmm. at this point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take the time to be aggressive and to dig and to do their homework, and they're they're not understanding that this is not simply an issue of, of choice between consenting adults, that it goes into such things as bleeding the beast, the defrauding of the government, the, the child abuse in, in labor relations and taking him out into the fields and working in the construction mm -hmm. sites, the women's rights issues, and of course the little girls that are placed into marriage as, as soon as they hit puberty. And you know, it, Mormon polygamy is the, actually the only religion that requires sex to get to heaven and sex with a married man. In order to get to heaven. Yes, uh, technically. I mean, when we look at the we, yeah. we look at the bigamy laws. It's what's going on. Yeah, that's and it, but and, and God ordained. Yes. So it is a religious issue. Yes, it, it, it definitely is a religious issue. People frequently say that abuse in polygamy is no different than abuse in monogamy. Is that true or false? Um, it's it's very true. It's much different when you're in the in the polygamy because again the religious issue comes into it. And you're talking about something, you know, that your eternal salvation is at stake. You have religion that is being held over you and coercing you into the belief that, you know, as, as being a part of the sister wives, that you're going to get your salvation. Mm -hmm. uh, having as many babies as you can and serving your husband and smiling and being obedient and all. That's what's going to get you there, you know. Um, there's no choice. It's indoctrinated from from the early age. So that's what makes it more dangerous, and what makes it 
so so even more egregiously terrible. Mm -hmm. And and very often, I know it happened with me, and I know it continues to happen today, that they will tell the kids as they grow up, don't talk about what goes on inside the group. Don't talk about, don't let anyone outside the group know. So if someone is abused, they don't dare tell about it. Well, it was the old, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, let's talk about the legalization. It's a big thing that's coming up. Uh, we're, we're, there, we have a court case going. Uh, Canada actually suffer, or went through this. I shouldn't say suffered. They went through this a couple of years ago and decided to keep polygamy illegal. And now we're going through that here with Judge Wadoops in federal court. What's the difference between decriminalizing or legalizing polygamy? And should is either one a bad idea? I... I don't like either idea. I think what happens with decriminalization is you have a, an attempt to say, we really don't care one way or another, but you know, at least we have something on the books to keep you in line. Yeah. That's, I think, what the decriminalization boils down to. Legalization um, takes it all off the books, and I think what happens if you legalize it, you, you just open it up, because it's not going to be a situation where every spiritual marriage suddenly becomes a legal marriage. Um, I don't think it would stop the, the child abuse at all. I, I think it would continue on. It would still be a part of it because it's, it's, it's endemic to the, to the culture. Women's rights, is that going to change? If no, it's, it's not going to change women's rights at all. And again, it, it, you know, there, would, there would still be no freedom of choice. You wouldn't be able to decide who you would like to marry. You couldn't go, who you're going to go to the prom if you're even still allowed to go to school, you know? It's, 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 Neither one is good. It's not going to change what each polygamy group has as their doctrine and the way they apply their doctrine to their everyday life. No. And to the lives of no, those no in there. Impact Won't do that at all. Polygamy and bigamy are against the law in Utah, and both attorneys general, our previous attorney general, Mark Shirtliff, and John Swallow, now who are the present uh, attorney general, uh, general, have they both have chosen not to pursue uh, polygamy, the prosecution of polygamy. Do you have any idea why they would disrespect the rule of law in this case? Absolutely. It's politics. It's for the election. I, I would challenge John Swallow any time to discuss the issue. I would like to know how much campaign money came from Short Creek into his campaign. I would like to know exactly why, John, you are doing this, why you are ignoring the law. Is it so you can be reelected? What what's the reason behind it? So he, he will not answer and will not go public, saying basically, you know, safety net is out there and whatever. That's a dodge. So the constituency and uh, maybe it's job security. Well, job security. I mean, he remembers what happened to the gentleman who prosecuted Tom Green. You know, next election he was tossed out by the voters. He won his case against a polygamist. That's right, and, that and the voters tossed him out the next November. So the constituency in the area, and it was it was Levitt's uh, governor, it was Levitt's, governor brother, Levitt's brother, yes. And the constituency in that area of Utah were highly a highly population of police. Yes, and they threw him out next election. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of surprised me, and I was really quite sad about that. But, you know, the polygamists are on TV all the time. They complain that they are afraid that they're going to be arrested or afraid that they're going to be te uh, uh, discriminated against. But uh, I don't ever see that happening, do you? I mean, they're on TV. They have TV shows. They, they're regularly interviewed, and no one's afraid of being arrested. Nobody's afraid of being arrested. I mean, simply because Mark Shirtliff and John Swallow have said they're not going to be. You know, you're, they're not going to go to jail for, for this. 
So they, but it, but it looks good. Okay, it it draws sympathy and it draws people go, oh, those poor folks, they're being religiously persecuted. Mm. Well, mm. not really. There are people who maintain that the criminal penalty of polygamy has done more harm than good because it forces secrecy. Is that a good reason to decriminalize it? No, there is no good reason to decriminalize it. It's going to remain secret no matter what. Particularly is it, I mean, let's look at what it is. You know, you're looking again at the situations of bleeding the beast. I mean, how many of those children out in Short Creek or in, in uh, the northern Utah area or in Canada or South Dakota or in western Colorado have seen a father's name on their birth certificate? Um, how, many, how many of those women, you know, can claim a husband legitimately? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, no. There, there's, it's not going to change it. Decriminalizing is not going to change no. that at all. You know, there, if, if anyone wants to go on and really look at some of the online comments about legalizing or decriminalizing polygamy, it's, re it's really quite um, funny sometimes and discouraging to and, read some of the comments. And sad. You know, you, well, you get into an intellectual level of, of people that will say, well, you know, they're adults and they should be able to choose. And if it was adults and if it was simply adults, then, then you could stop and consider what they're saying. But there's, there's such a deep context around it mm -hmm. that you cannot simply just say it's a lifestyle choice. There is such a, a, a coercion from, again, cradle to grave by the, the religious fanatic that runs that group, you know, that there's no choice. Mm-hmm. So you, you cannot simply just say, well, you know, what adults want to do, let them do. It, it's much bigger than that. It is bigger than that. I, I want to quote, I think I've got three quotes that, that I picked up uh, online that I would like to pass by and see what you say. And I'll put them up on the screen so that our viewers can read their, the, what these comments were as we talk about them. The first one, and I quote, By making polygamy illegal, we make it necessary for polygamists to live in secrecy. There's a lack of accountability, and those in a position of power and authority can more easily corrupt their power and authority. Legalizing polygamy would bring polygamy out in the open, <clears throat> so it would be more difficult for leaders to get away with abuses of power, end quote. Do you think that legalizing polygamy would cause the polygamists to be held more accountable for their abuses in power? Absolutely not. What legalization of polygamy would do, it would completely turn all eyes away from it. Um, how how many times when, when a couple goes into the county clerk to get a marriage license is that investigated? Do they look and see what's happening with that? No, you go mm -hmm. in, you pay your money, you fill out your paperwork, and then you go get married. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's going to happen in this situation? It's going to turn into the same. Just fewer eyes will be looking at it. Mm -hmm. there, there, there won't be the curiosity factor. There won't be... The, the oversight of any kind, because if it's legal, then it's legal, right? Or, or decriminalized, De either Or decriminalized, either it's the same thing. So what's, what's going to happen is that with fewer eyes, it, it allows, allows more abuses to take place because they're not being examined. Uh-huh. At least that's my view. Uh, well, I, I happen to agree with you. Um, if polygamy becomes legal, how would that anyway um, suddenly cause polygamists to start obeying the laws. I mean, they, they've disregarded the laws of the past. Why would they all of a sudden start obeying the other laws that they don't like? Well, we live in a community, you know, the, the Utah community. I know a number of people that 
don't believe that you need to have a driver's license. Why should why should the government issue your your license when you have a right to drive? They can't tell you you can or can't. They, I know of of people that don't buy a hunting license. Those <laughs> deer are up there in their mind. You know, um, we we have a bit of a renegade mindset in some areas. Mm -hmm. um, people just taking off and saying no, we don't like government oversight of any kind. You know, mm -hmm. uh, even though. We do need to have driver's licenses, and we do need to have certain... Certainly, and it's protection of, of, our, of our people. So legalizing polygamy then wouldn't change the child marriage or the rape or the child labor or the authoritarian, the authoritarian power, the, the financial cheating? No, I don't oh. think it would have any impact on that whatsoever. Um, all it would do, again, would, would be to, to turn more eyes away from the situation, and when that, once that happens, then, I mean... You know, the, the gates are open, mm -hmm. you know, and we've seen, I mean, the, the building that, uh, that they built for Warren Jeffs, the complex out there, um, $30 million. The, the complex in Texas, millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They have property in South Dakota and Western Colorado, millions of dollars. Okay, where'd it come from? And now if you turn away any, you know, all, any and all attention from the group, what's it going to multiply into? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good point. The second online quote I'd like to, and it'll go up on the screen as well, and I quote, if polygamy between consenting adults was legalized, it would stop underage marriages or else drive underage marriages underground, which would make it more difficult to prevent them, end quote. So if protection against underage polygamous marriages hasn't already happened, how will decriminalizing it uh, or legalizing it make the protection happen? It's a vacant argument. I mean, all right, we've had Mark Shirtliff, and now we have John Swallow, and virtually they have decriminalized polygamy, and as it, as it put a dent into it. It's made it worse, hasn't it? Yes. It's given them more, so, so more what, power. Yeah. So they, they, haven't, they haven't done anything with it. It has not changed a thing. Um, one person made the remark that they thought that what would happen would be that it would be turned around for the people <clears throat> who do want to get out, and they would say, oh, "Well, it's legal now; you can't leave." Um, you know, that's a that's another argument that I just don't buy into because we're we're talking of a repressive situation. Again, you are raised from from the time of birth that this is this is your pathway to the celestial kingdom and this is the only way you're gonna make it and if you don't then eternal damnation. Okay, wait a minute, how are you gonna change that mindset if that's all you've ever learned, you know? Um, no, I don't see that happening. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, and the third quote <clears throat> if polygamy is legalized, there will be a way <clears throat> to educate these girls so they know they will not be blamed for being victimized and they and their children will be protected. Why can't they be educated and protected now? Why does it have to be decriminalized to do that? Well, that's a good point. You know, um, look who has the most immediate impact <laughs> on those women and children. You know, it's their parents, it's their mothers and their fathers, it's their brothers and sisters, the older people in the community. And are they about to tell them that you can get away, you should get away, this is wrong? No, because they've been too deep into it for too long. Mm -hmm. So how, who's going to educate them? Who's going to go out there and do that? 
and even trying to, and that's what we try to do now even, is educate through, through print media, radio, TV, newspaper, whatever. We try to educate the polygamists. And is, is Well, one of the things that kind of, kind of makes that kind of a lost cause, though, is that, you know, one of Warren's edicts is you can't have newspapers, you can't have radios, you can't have TVs, you can't have magazines, you can't have the Internet. So how do you get through? How do you educate them? How do you get skywriting? And what so, are you going to do? So legalizing polygamy is not going to change. It's not going to change. Open the community so you can walk in there with your library and. All it, all it will really do is it'll just it'll turn more eyes away from it and it'll just open it up for more abuses. In fact, they had a library down there and it got burned down, right? Didn't they burn all the books? They they well they they had the school situation where they got all the money funding for the new school, and then as soon as they got all of the money into the community. All the children were ordered into homeschooling, and the books and all the equipment and all that sort of thing went into the parents. Um, there's a school down there that has weeds seven feet tall. Mm. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. There hasn't mm -hmm. been a soul in that school in I don't well, know how many years. We, we helped a lady out of, of their, uh, well, and, and this is normal. It's not, you know, an, an, exa an exception. But she, in her early 20s, and she only had a second grade education. That's not uncommon. No, it's not uncommon at all. You know, and, and the, the, the sadness is that there, there are instances where youngsters really try to get away. And the, the really sorrowful part about it is, you know, first of all, if you've got a 14, 15-year-old girl that's trying to escape being placed into a marriage, where is she going to go? That's exactly right. Secondly... If, if she is somehow assisted to get away from the town, sooner or later she's going to have contact with the police. And what's going to happen then? I'll because she's back. a minor, they're going to take, take her, back her back to mom and dad. And then what happens? You yeah. think it was bad before. She's, she's worse off than the, the, the beginning. It's sad. That's, and that's true in all the groups, not just that. It would have been true in the group that I came from, and it's true in the other groups as well. Uh, trying to escape, and that's what I meant in, at the beginning. If it's such a wonderful lifestyle, why are so many people trying to escape? And why do they stop them from escaping? The God Squad. The, yeah, yeah. There, there are those people who hear the word polygamy, and their immediate impression is sister wives and big love, and 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 uh, what what they know about polygamy comes from these television shows, uh, and what they present to the public. What is the public naive about polygamy? Absolutely. Otherwise, the public would would have a, a much larger outcry against it. It's it's not sister wives or my three wives or even big love. I mean, those guys all have money coming in from their TV jobs. These are TV stars. Mm, they are not real true. people. Okay, that's true. they're 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 not normal of the situation. Um, they're 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 not being secretive. They found a way to cash in on on their lifestyle mm -hmm. to to become a celebrity as a result of it. Um, you know, there is publicity to be found for for the Brown family and the Darger family by going into court and by thumbing their nose at the law, then it, it creates, as, you know, controversy creates viewers for TV, you know. And, and so that's what they're doing is they're thumbing the nose and flying in. And, and it creates more viewers. More viewers creates more money, more sponsorships. And, I mean, and that's how it works. as a newspaper reporter yourself, when you investigated some of these things that were going on, 
Um, were they sister wives homes that you discovered when you were on the beat with reporting polygamy? Yeah, and it was nothing like what the the Brown family lives in. Yeah. You know, um, the homes out in, in Short Creek are not that nice. You know? And the families aren't necessarily and the that. families are not terribly literate that we've run into, and there there are situations of just complete and total submission. Right, exactly. That's the way it is in the group that I came from as well. The Dargers and the Browns both claim that technically they're uh, they're only married to one wife legally, and so the polygamy charge can't. Uh, they're not doing anything illegal. They're not breaking the law. Is that the way it is? Well, you know, I I once read a thing where it said any any man who represents himself in a courtroom has a fool for a lawyer um, it's one of those fallacies of law uh, thinking that oh well if we only marry one and the rest are spiritual it it doesn't count well wrong in Utah law the bigamy law says that if you purport to be married then you are breaking the law so by cohabitation and having kids and by presenting yourself even in a spiritual wife relationship with with the husband you are purporting to be married and you are indeed breaking the law mm -hmm. so i don't know how they come up with that rationalization perhaps could be <laughs> okay uh we are uh, halfway through our show now, so we're going to open up the telephone lines for our callers Great. to, to uh, call in and, and ask some questions. So we're opening our phone lines, and our number is 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820. Give us a call. Ask our guest a question. Get in on the conversation or make your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd like to, before we have our our um, film clip, I would like to mention again that tomorrow night uh, here on TV20, that's Friday night, May 3rd, um, beginning at 8 p.m., the half-hour program hosted by Bishop Earl Erskine will have a brand new look. They're going to begin showing the ex-Mormon files again. Uh, many people have missed it, and they've wanted it back, and it's back, going to be back tomorrow night, so tune in. Uh, it'll, like I say, have a whole new look, but the content will still be the great, the same great content as before. For more information, you can go online to exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And right now, we would like to share a clip with you about it. I sang that song for more than 60 years, a song of praise to Joseph Smith, the prophet of the Restoration and founder of the LDS Church. The church I was born into, the church I loved with all my heart and taught my children to believe in, the church I served as a bishop for five years. I knew the church was true. I knew Joseph Smith was a prophet. I was a faithful Latter-day Saint. My life has been built on certain truths, but wishing doesn't change the truth. I didn't start out challenging my belief in the church. Believe me, this new look at things has been gut-wrenching. I know there are those of you out there watching who are in as much turmoil as I was. But I hope that God will lead you to the truth. Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. When I finally learned the truth about the real history and doctrines of Mormonism, 
I realized that I was following the gospel of Joseph Smith and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have come to learn that many others have made a similar journey out of the bondage of religion and into an authentic relationship with Jesus. And that's what this show is all about. Courageous people who want to share their story, hoping that you, the viewer, will discover the same new life in Jesus. So if you're a Latter-day Saint who is struggling with questions or seeking a genuine encounter with the Savior, we invite you to join us. We have a joyful message that we want to share with you. Welcome back to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I'm your host, Doris Hansen. And we have our guest tonight with, uh, with us, Ed Casilia. He has a former newspaper uh, columnist for The Spectrum in St. George, covered a lot of the beat of the polygamy stories and with Warren Jeffs when he was uh, being pursued and on the FBI 10 Most Wanted list and his arrest and, of course, um, his um, going to court and, and all that. You must have had quite an exciting time uh, dealing it, with that particular thing it was it was very interesting we had we had international press from the courthouse all the way down on the St. George Boulevard it was it was a madhouse you oh. know the, the TV antenna trucks and all of the reporters and uh, the the passers-by and the you know interested parties and then just the curious going what in the world is going on here <laughs> You know, every square inch of the courthouse steps and the the sidewalk was filled with with people, CNN and Fox and MSNBC, and everybody was there. Wow! Um, it wow. was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be fun. Well, we're we're glad that it happened too. Very glad that he got out of the of these running away and uh, and got arrested. He needed to. Now we we have uh, again. We would like to invite our viewers to call in. Our phone number is eight zero one nine seven three eight eight two zero. Give us a call and um, join in on our conversation tonight. And while we're waiting, uh, I have a question I'd like to ask you. Um, last week, there was an auction that took place down in St. George regarding some property in the Colorado City area. And it was Warren Jeff's private home and his buildings. And the property um, that was auctioned off went to Willie Jessup. Okay, what was the talk? You, you, you said something about the talk among the, the veteran polygamy watchers that day. <laughs> well, well, there were some of us who had been around for a little while and seen the, the story unfold. And uh, we're watching the auction, watching the auction, and we heard one of the younger reporters talk about, oh, well, are you going to move into the, to the house? And he just, well, he just kind of said no. And a couple of us turned around to each other and said the only place he should be moving into is a cell next to Warren's, you know, <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff that has gone on. I mean, the man, the man took the Fifth Amendment on 110 questions when he was interviewed by police. Oh, he was a previous bodyguard for and Warren Jeffs. He was a previous bodyguard, and, and so, you know. there, there are a lot of folks who, who are upset, not just, not just you folks, but are quite concerned about this particular person acquiring Warren Jeffs' property. Why should they be so concerned? You know, the, there's been a power struggle that's gone on ever since Warren left. Uh, when, when Warren went on the run, 
there was there was a significant power struggle that was taking place as to who was going to run the day-to-day, who was going to run the show. Even though he was still pulling the strings, who was it going to be? Mm-hmm. And Willie Jessup ended up the spokesman and the ad hoc uh, leader of the group for a while. And then after a certain amount of time went by and his apparent falling out with Warren, Lyle Jeffs, Warren's brother, became the, the next leader, if you will, who basically carried Warren's message from the Texas prison to the people in Colorado City and Hilldale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it became apparent that he was starting to get a little too much power, uh, some of that was stripped from him. So there, there really is, is this a chin on the table or are they gonna be bargaining and saying, okay, you know, quid pro quo, and are William Lyle going to be working together to reestablish the church? Is William Jessup, who's not related to Willie Jessup, right. is, is in fact the de facto church he is supposedly starting up with about 100 members. That's is that going to take root? What's going to happen? Who's going to be in control? You know, we kind of mentioned a little earlier, there's a significant amount of property and money, okay? Let's let's be honest about this. We're talking about religious coercion, but we're also talking about a lot of money a and lot property. Of money. So, you know, that's all on the table. Who's going to end up with it? Who's going to end up with the power and the control over mm-hmm. that property, that money, and more importantly, those lives? So do you think that he is, is in there? He's certainly putting he's things? certainly putting a positive face on right now mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. got one heck of a PR campaign yeah. going. Um, seems seems like he's got some people, kind of schmoozed a little. You well, know? He's, he's got some followers too he's got down some there. Followers. So we're we're looking at some fragmentation taking place down there in that regards. We could have a third ward. <laughs> a third ward. Huh? We've got some phone calls coming in. Let's take them. Okay, our first one is um, of Andy calling from Ogden. Hello, Andy. Uh, yes. Yes, Andy, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, you're on the air. Can you, can you hear me, Dennis? Yes. Turn your television. Uh, turn your television volume down. Uh, I did turn it down. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. What's your question? Uh, first of all, can I ask you a personal question? No. Uh, I don't mean to to uh, break into your, your program, but uh, can I ask you a personal question? No, you can't. Do you want to have a, ask a question on topic of what we're talking about tonight? No, it isn't about that. No, no, just, no we will talk. Can I ask you? No, personal questions, thank you. Good night. <laughs> okay, we'll go Daniel calling from Colorado City. Hello, Daniel. Daniel? Yoo-hoo. I don't hear anybody there. Daniel, are you there? I guess he'll have to call back. All right, line three, we have Ann calling from West Valley. Hello, Ann. Yes. Oh, yes, Ann, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. Is your TV volume down? Ann? Hi, Doris. Is your TV uh, volume down? Yeah, I can hear you. Is your TV volume down? 
Yes, it is. Okay, thank you. What's your question? Uh, we came, our grandparents were, great-great-grandparents were, I came in with Brigham Young, and they were polygamous. And the sadness that we even see up to today, that the damage that, have, that was done to the children and their children is absolutely horrendous. And they think that this is uh, something to live for. It, it is, and it's, it's wrong. And, they, and, and it's nothing but just holding on to your soul the way I look at it. But my husband's uh, dad had three, his dad had three wives and 21 kids. They have their favorites. Some go mm -hmm. without food, some don't. They had dirt floors, others didn't. I mean, it is, it's a horrible, horrible way that these people are living, and I do not know why our government does not go in there and do something for, the, for anything, these children. Well, I would have to agree. Do you want to come in on that? Well, yeah, and there's a, there's a real good reason, and there's, a, there's the precedent of the 1953 raid that the Arizona governor instituted on Short Creek that really resulted in a lot of negative feedback. And again, he was thrown out of office the next election as, That's a, right. as a result of what he did. But um, one of the things is that people will turn around and say, okay, so now we have to feed and house and clothe and give medicine and take care of whatever children that are picked up in this sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so let's kind of back away. Well, thing to remember is we're already feeding and housing right, and clothing and taking care of these children that are in these situations. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't see any great change in that. Mm -hmm. It's a bad argument for the government. It is. And, and I do know that if, if more grassroots effort, if we could get more grassroots effort uh, working uh, to, to move the politicians and the government and the, and the laws to help people that are in these polygamous situations. And, uh, you, you know, there, there is an effort, the coalition the, with uh, Kristen Decker, to, to come up and, and prove why polygamy is a bad idea. You know, but we need no, people that will come up and help. I some very, very sad stuff. Pardon me? Anne, would you repeat that? Anne? I think we lost her. Uh, I mean, we had one boy that we took in that had uh, uh, come from a polygamy family, and he never was normal again. Yes. You know, we have on our polygamy page on Facebook and uh, on our polygs page on Facebook and our Twitter. I, I was just saying that we had one boy that we, t we took in that had come from a polygamy family, and it was terrible. Mm -hmm. He never was normal again. Well, and we we could understand that on our Pligs page on Facebook and on our Pligs Twitter page, we have a couple well, of followers. I think that people that ought to get together and make our government do something. If our governor cannot do what the laws are wrote on our books, what good are they on our books? We need to do something. And I, I agree with you, and I would suggest that you contact all of your elected officials and tell them that. And thanks for your call. We do have others waiting right now, but we do agree with you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think she had her volume turned down. I think it confused her. I think so. Okay, we have Patrick calling from Pleasant Grove. Hello, Patrick. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're on the air? Yes. Yes, what's your question? Uh, my question is, uh, which part is it? Uh, is the polygamist uh, 
what this program is about. Is it the LDS Church or is it uh, another affiliated? The, the title of our show is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And we do discuss uh, Mormon polygamy, all aspects of it. Okay, is it uh, Jeff's organization? Well, we've been discussing the FLDS quite a bit tonight, but we discuss all polygamy. Why? Okay, um, it's, uh, what, I guess the question is, I've watched you guys a few times, and I wonder, uh, are you pro-Jeff's beliefs? Are you pro-Jeff's beliefs? No, not even <laughs> close. Neither am I. We are, we, we, the, the show is to bring out what's going on in polygamy groups, and mainly the polygamy groups believe and teach their members that God has commanded polygamy, and if you don't live it, you will not go to heaven. And we're here to prove biblically and otherwise that that is not true. That polygamists do not have to live polygamy in order to please God. Does that answer your question? Patrick? Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm a bishop's son in the LDS Church, and I'm pretty open now, and I'm not active anymore, so I've uh, watched your show a little bit, and I've just kind of been confused because mm -hmm. I haven't watched it enough. Uh -huh. uh, I hope you understand. Certainly, and we have all of our shows online. If you want to go on, on our, um, our website, you can watch all of our shows and get a good grip on what we deal with. And we do suggest that you continue to investigate. That's a good deal. Good thing you're doing. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, I thought he was gone. Um, line two, this is Daniel from Colorado City again. Let's see if we can get him. Hello, Daniel. Yeah. Yes, you're on the air. Turn off your television, please, the volume on your TV. It's already off. Okay, you're on the air. What's your question? Well, I was actually, I was actually calling him to correct the guy that you have on your show. I'm back in school, how he said that he went out in the car out of Sydney and he saw seven foot of weeds going in the school. I remember going to that school about 10 years ago. That's the school I went to before they built the brand new school. So that school he's talking about is no longer a school. They actually use that for stores, storage. Storage. And the new school is, they have, they have to build a whole new school out here because they have so many kids from Colorado City starting to go to school. Because I live right here in the middle of town. Are you part of the group? Do you belong to the, the FLDS group, or are you outside of it? No, my father, he was, he was a part of it. Uh-huh. And, and we got out of it. But I've lived here my whole life. So they're starting to go to school down there now, huh? That's cool. Oh, yeah, they've been going for a couple of years. They're going to have to build a whole new school because they're getting so many kids. They're getting to be 100 kids in, in, in each grade, or not more. Well, that's good. Glad to hear you know. that that's actually happening. So I wanted to correct him on that, and on? I wanted to correct him on when he said the houses out here aren't very nice. I live in the trailer court, and every Saturday or every night I come home from work, I see people out in their yards doing their damnedest to make sure their yards look the nicest they can. You know, Colorado City, yeah, we might have a couple of wackos out here, but there is a lot of good, pe lot of good people that's lived out here. Well, we haven't, we haven't said you know? that the people aren't good, Daniel, but there has been some, some uh, property neglect there for sure. 
And that's what well, that's, yeah, that's all yeah, he was you referring go anywhere. to. You go to Salt Lake, you go, you know, St. George, and you go everywhere you go, there's people's properties or weeds growing, and it's not here, it's just in Colorado City. Well, I don't, I don't believe that that's that what we said. Place, there's a lot of homes that are worth a couple million dollars around here. Oh, for sure. Have nice. Oh, of course. Have nice yards. Of course there are, but there are also an awful lot of homes that remain unfinished. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen some. Have homes. you never seen that? Have you never seen that in Salt Lake? Daniel, our our guest was answering your question. Would you like to listen to him? Sure. I, I was just saying that uh, we've seen an awful lot of the homes down there that are unfinished, without windows or doors, and or without walls up on the garages. Or oh. yeah, there's homes that are sitting there with no windows and doors, but I'm, no one's living in there. Up, 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 of course there is. Well, you know, but the homes people do live in. Yeah, maybe the outside's not finished, but you go inside, they got really nice homes. People out here, you know, there's a lot of really good people out here. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Daniel. And again, Daniel, we, we weren't uh, saying that the people weren't good people. We haven't said that at all. We were talking about the well, people. Oh, yeah. I, so thank you I, for I your call. You did. I just wanted uh -huh. to call out and let your viewers, people are watching you. Okay. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Because I live right here in the middle of the state of court in the middle of town. Uh-huh. Thank you, Daniel, for your call. And and to clarify again, you weren't saying that everything out there was bad and no. and, and disrepair. No, there. But there are a number of homes that, um, as you drive through the community, that are unfinished, mm -hmm. where the doors aren't on, windows and, aren't on, and the garages aren't And you know why they did complete. that was because if it wasn't fully finished, they didn't have to pay property taxes. Right. And so that that's what I was making a reference to. You know. Uh, we took pictures. We've got photos uh -huh. of the homes. Yeah. You know, we've seen them. So, And the school? Well, I'm glad that they're going back to well, school. Well, I hope that's true, that, they are, that they're going back and it's going to be a permanent thing for sure. Okay, Connie calling from Tooele. Hello, Connie. Yes? Yes, Connie, you're on the air. Yes, this is Connie. Yes, you're on the air, Connie. Do you have your television turned uh, down? Hi. Um, my question is, uh, what, my question is, what percentage of the polygamous wives are on welfare, and do they do any of them work outside the home to help bring in finance money? Well, that depends on the polygamy group. I don't think there is a percentage. Do you know of any statistics on that? I I haven't seen. Uh a number I do know that we looked up one time the average income out in out in Hilldale, Utah, and it was at zero annual income. They weren't reporting somewhere. They weren't reporting very much. No. Uh, I, it would be interesting to have the statistics on on how many uh, how much of the food stamps welfare. Uh, and WIC and, and medical all uh, is c attributed to the polygamous communities. It, it, it's, it would be very interesting. It's a little difficult because it, it doesn't really break down by which group they are. It's, it's countywide, mm -hmm. so it's, it's hard to break it down by specific community. And, and, you know, it's not just the FLDS. The other polygamy groups also bleed the beast. They, they, that's part of what they do. It's part of what they do, and you know, as we mentioned, an average. Say you have a, a an average polygamist family in the in the community, five wives, five kids each. We're talking at more than thirteen thousand dollars a month that's going into that family. Mm, just one family. 
$13,000 a month uh, with that yes. with government help. Government assistance. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay, Connie, does that answer your question? Uh, I just, my other part of my question was, uh, do any of those women, are any of those women in polygamy, uh, are they allowed to work outside the home? Yes, they do. They definitely do that. Uh, I don't think there's as many in the FLDS that work outside the home as there are in other polygamy groups that do, but definitely they do. They have to. They have to. Sub in fact, some of the groups, the woman is required to support her family. She has to work outside the home. And in particularly down in the Short Creek area, uh, a lot of the women that do work outside work within the church businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that the businesses are so profitable is because they're not paid in money. They're right. paid in script. Exactly. So there's no money changing hands for the effort or the work that they're doing. It's, it's instead they're given a... a script that mm -hmm. they can cash in for goods. And that's what happens in the Kingston group as well. They don't get, get a paycheck. And they pay low wages, too. So yes. so that's another reason. So, Connie, I hope that answered your question. Okay. It, it does, and thank you ever so much. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Thank you. We had a call on line one, but it looks like that they decided they didn't want to um, stay on the line. Um, there, There's a lot of um, talking about um, polygamy becoming legal. We've talked about most of the show tonight. Uh, all over the world, societies seem to be moving away from polygamy and its inherent evils. Why is Utah moving in the opposite direction? You know, that's a great question. And it's, it's inherent in, in the, the culture of withholding rights with being repressive. That is not a progressive act. That is not moving forward. Anytime that you start taking an individual's civil rights, their human rights, their dignity, their freedoms away from them, you start moving backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. it, it retards progress when you do that. It moves everything backwards. And that's that's what the the whole situation is. We're looking at rights that are being rescinded. We're looking at abuses. We're looking at uh, terrible situations of... of uh, mental anguish and, and emotional anguish that's moving it backwards and and it's hurting and, the, and i feel really bad for the women who are out like sister wives and the daughters and those who are working so hard to bring polygamy uh to the forefront and to decriminalize or legalize it and yet they're hurting themselves because it's the women's rights and the children's rights that are being trampled on and will be trampled on much like afghanistan if it continues exactly it's the same thing you know and that's that's the shame of it is that there's there's no broadness to it there's no depth there's no education as we were talking earlier there's there's no context of what the outside world can be you know they're they're raised from cradle to grave in that mm -hmm. environment they know no different they know no different that's true well it looks like that we need to uh wind down the show thank you so much for coming oh, i appreciate you and thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure it's it's been great to to have you here as well you know the purpose of our program is to bring biblical truths to polygamists and we do want polygamists to know that they do not have to do what they're doing to please god or to earn their ticket into eternal glory and the mormon polygamy is based on joseph smith's claim that he received a revelation from god to reinstate old testament biblical polygamy and that polygamy was required 
required for eternal life. Sister wives and the other pro-polygamist activists, they, they say they do this because their religion expects it, but no one ever gives us a chapter and a verse where God actually commanded or condones polygamy. And so we continue to challenge you, where did God command it? Joseph Smith said God commanded it to Abraham. Where? And we also challenge our Mormon viewers who insist that DNC 132 is not the revelation for polygamy, but is the eternal marriage revelation instead. If Joseph Smith were alive today, he'd be the first one to rebuke you for saying that. But if section 132 is not the revelation for polygamy, then where is Joseph Smith's revelation for polygamy located? If section 132 is not it, where is it? He wrote it down. He said he wrote it down. Where did he record it? Is it hidden away somewhere? The good news for Mormons as well as for Mormon fundamentalists is that Jesus did all the works that God requires. He did it by living a sinless life and then died on the cross for our sinful lives. Polygamy is not accepted, nor is it acceptable place uh, taking the place for what Jesus has done for you. Polygamy is not your Savior. You're free to choose to leave polygamy and go to the true and only Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope you'll do it. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.